welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business Podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Chamber, joined as always with Nick Smith. Nick, how are you doing today? Recording on a Tuesday afternoon. It's sweltering in this room right now. That's right. We can't wait for that uh, new HVAC system yes. to get here. <laughs> can't get here soon enough, right? I mean, it really We just can't win. We record in the morning, it's freezing. Record in the afternoon, it's burning up. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. One day, one day we will get there. You know, the best part about this afternoon, at least, is the fact that we've all had our coffee. We've all had our lunches. We should be good to go. We're primed and ready, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this one's going to be a little less chaotic than last episode because we have adults around the table One instead can of hope. A, a five-year-old who One can hope. likes to get on his iPad and, and play a bunch yeah, of games. Yeah, the, <laughs> the only thing I can tell folks is that both of my children survived and are happily, you know, enjoying the rest of their summer. So thank you all for humoring us, I guess, as as they say for our last episode. It F- truly Finley was got an such experience. a kick of hearing himself like in the car. I, I put it on and he was like, that's me. I was like, yeah, it is. Oh, that's good. Yeah, my son just put it on for all his buddies and said he was going to be a new TikTok star. So, you know, hey, baby steps, right? Exactly. Got to start somewhere. Exactly. Why not the ground floor? Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce our panel for today and we'll talk about the topic and get into the news and, and go for it. We got sure a good thing. show good show lined up today. We have a fantastic panel made up of some of our co-workers here at the Chamber. Giovanni Sarmiento, our SVP of Community Engagement and Inclusion, is here with us. Gio, thanks for joining us on your first podcast episode of the new revamped version. Awesome, and this is fantastic. I'm very excited to be here, and thank you. Oh, thank you. Mariana Osorio is back for another round on the podcast. She's our Community Engagement and Inclusion Manager. Mariana, thank you for joining us again. Hey, thank you for having me again. Yeah, she's not sick of us yet, Steve, so hey. we must be doing something exactly. right. And the newest uh, member on our staff, she's also in Marketing Communications with me as our Marketing Communications Manager, is Niasha Boney. Niasha, thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you so much. You know, longtime listener, first-time panelist. <laughs> <laughs> that in my LinkedIn bio. You should. You <laughs> should. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, and Nick, what is it about today's panelists that they all share in common, which is what really prompted us to, to talk about this issue today? Yeah. So all three of our panelists today are actually immigrants in some form or fashion to this country, not just the region, but to this country. So all three of our panelists were born and are from uh, originally from other countries outside of the United States. And honestly, when I heard that and, and kind of recognized that we had that on our staff. I mean, we're not a huge staff. We no. only have 22 people in the office. So the fact that three out of those 22 were all born in other countries was pretty remarkable to me. So uh, yeah, I was kind of stoked to make this happen and think you and I can probably learn a lot for sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I know from, you know, when I when I moved over to the Philippines, kind of what that experience was like uh, when I was a child, uh, but don't really know that experience of what it's like coming from another country to America. So I'm very excited to, to learn. And, and if, I, if I'm correct, uh, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but none of you immigrated straight to Northwest Arkansas, correct? You all came here from various other places that's right for me yep. yeah 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 so that's there true. we go look at that double immigrants to exactly the we'll take it we'll take shows it. the true the magnet world abi- comes to northwest that's right arkansas. the magnetic ability of northwest arkansas <laughs> so all right well let's talk a little bit about the news then we'll get right into the topic sure thing we've got lots of great things that have been happening here recently in northwest arkansas first and foremost uh want to big uh, send a huge congratulations to onyx coffee who is just ranked as one of the best 30 coffee brands in the country that's uh Pretty huge there. Again, and, and congratulations. Andrea sits on our board. That's so right. Onyx Coffee, one of the top 30 coffee shops in the country. I mean, it's that's huge, right? Because we were just talking about the fact that there seems to be new coffee shops popping up left and We've right. We've got more than 30 coffee shops in Rogers. I know, right? <laughs> so the fact that they're in the, the top 30 in the country, pretty remarkable. Uh, another thing that just came out, we had a, a new study that just showed the economic impact generated by the bicycling industry of more than $159 million in total economic impact. 
that's uh, total cycling-related jobs, tourism revenue, and taxes just in Northwest Arkansas in 2022. Again, yeah, 159 one million in total economic impact from cycling-related uh, jobs and tourism. That's a huge number, something that we definitely want to uh, kind of shout out there and whatnot. You also were talking a little bit more about uh, another report that came out, too, uh, yes, I think with Early the, Childhood uh, Education. Yeah, the, the U.S. Chamber Foundation and the committee that I serve on, the Excel by 8 Foundation Task Force, uh, did some individual state uh, reports on early childhood education and the impact that that has on the business community and got to see a, rep- a copy of that today. And uh, the state of Arkansas, businesses in the state of Arkansas, lose $865 million a year just to lost productivity because of child care issues. And so that's a massive number. Um, And about 70% of parents say that they have missed work in the past six months specifically because of child care issues. So it's a productivity thing. It's, uh, you know, it's absenteeism, you know, lack of quality, affordable early childhood education has a serious impact on our businesses and on our business community. And it's estimated 25% of the female workforce is not working specifically because of child care issues. Anyone who doubts uh, those kinds of numbers, let alone the loss of productivity, should listen to our last podcast exactly. episode and hear exactly what happens when you try to get work done while bringing your children to work. I yes. think that's a great example of exactly how that goes down. Well, speaking of business in Northwest Arkansas, last but not least, the NWA Business Journal has named their 2023 NWA Women in Business, which include five women from some of our chamber partners. Uh, we want to give a huge shout out to them. It's uh, Jules Gianeshi, Shannon Hendricks, Suzanne Lance, Gail Shepard, and Jill Wagar. Can't uh, send enough congratulations to them. These are uh, uh, some women that are doing fantastic things in businesses across Northwest Arkansas. So huge congratulations to them again from uh, NWA Business Journal's 2023 NWA Women in Business. So very big, very very big deal. Very big deal. Exactly. Huge thing there. But without any further ado, Steve, I want to toss it back to you to give a real quick topic introduction for uh, a special edition of the podcast here, the Serving Business and Community Together Immigrants in the office. Yes. Well, and as I, uh, you know, as, as we grew up, we learned America is a nation of immigrants. We are a melting pot. You also have the, the, the garden salad or toss salad uh, uh, analogy there. But, you know, the vast majority of this population, obviously Native American and, and Alaskans, uh, you know, being, being the exception, uh, but the vast majority of the population in this country came from another country at one point or another in our history. So, you know, it, it's the, um, America is a nation built on immigrants. And a fact, a study from George Mason University shows that immigrants fuel entrepreneurship in the United States being far more likely to start businesses than a native-born American. So as we go and serve business and community together, the immigrant community is one that we cannot overlook because they play such a vital role in our economy. For sure. In, in Northwest Arkansas alone, you can see the evidence of that. If you go back a, you know, a couple decades, you know we were about 95% Caucasian within Northwest Arkansas. The 2020 census, 2021 census estimates has dropped that number down to about 70%, uh, fastest growing in the, or the largest percentage of that is our Latino and Hispanic population, Spanish-speaking population, 17% of the region, with 35-36% of that population here in, in Rogers uh, as well. We have a very fast-growing uh, Asian-American community, as we talked about, the AAPI, a lot of people moving over from India and Pakistan uh, into this part of the country, you got cricket fields just popping up in the places. <laughs> so, uh, And then, of course, our African-American population continues to grow uh, at a rapid pace as well, as literally we talk, the world comes to Northwest Arkansas. So it's very 
important for us to be talking about these issues, what it's like to be an immigrant in America, the immigration experience of how to get from another country into into this country, and what what it takes steps it takes to stay, and the impact that they have on our local community. Um, I, again, I'm very excited to learn and and hear from our panel of uh, we'll, we'll say expert witnesses because you guys all have firsthand experience about what this is like, and it's varied experience. I think that's really where I want to start. Uh, real quick, I'd love for you all to individually tell us who you are, uh, where you're originally from, and then, of course, taking into account that all of you have good life experiences that can't possibly be fit into our <laughs> podcast episode. Uh, tell us, yeah, how you came to settle in Northwest Arkansas. So we'll start with you, Mariana. My name is Mariana, and I'm originally from Colombia, South America, the very top of South America, for those that don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came here about six years ago, and... The reason I came was to learn English mm. because I was about to graduate from university and my university had an English requirement and I kept pushing it and pushing it till the end and I just couldn't do anything else and I had to learn English quickly. So, so uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump in here, but uh, you, your university in Colombia had an English requirement, yes. kind of like how we have a foreign language requirement where we have to learn Spanish or French in high school. You had to d learn English. English. In, okay, just making sure I understood yeah. that correctly. Yeah, that's awesome. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that the fastest way to do it was to immerse myself in an English-speaking country. I never really thought about moving to the United States before that. It just never... I don't know. I just never thought about it. Uh, That's okay. You don't have to make an excuse for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean... Um, We're one then, of a couple hundred countries in, a, <laughs> in the globe. Yeah. yeah. I came on a cultural exchange program with a J-1 visa, and I was going to be here for a year. And then that year became into another year, and then... I had the opportunity to go to school mm. here too. So I took that and I knew that after I was done with school, I could get a work authorization. So I happily did that. I really wanted the experience. So that's how I ended up here. Oh, I moved to California from Colombia. I was going to okay. say, so you, yeah. you went to California first yes. and you were up in Northern California, right? Yes, by in the Bay Area. Okay. okay. My, my parents lived there for a few years. Yeah. They lived I, in Walnut Creek. Oh, yeah. Yep. I went to the movies to Walnut Creek a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love California. It was great for a while. And then when the pandemic hit, it just became really challenging to be there. There was a lot of fires. The cost of living was really high. I couldn't really enjoy the area because we couldn't go anywhere because mm -hmm. of the fires and higher crime and lockdowns. You know, lockdowns. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, right. you, you gravitated here naturally, I'm sure, by our charisma and everything <laughs> you had heard in Northern California about how great Arkansas was, right? Yeah. You, you dreamed as a girl in Colombia about moving to, to I Arkansas. Didn't you know Arkansas existed. <laughs> um, in California, before COVID, I met my boyfriend and we were together during the pandemic and he went to AOV. Gotcha. So after we saw everything that happened there and all the things we had to deal with, he was like, there's this place and it's really cool. There is a lot of access to the outdoors like we love to do, like mountain biking, hiking, swimming lakes, all that good stuff that we love to do. And one of his selling points was like... Um, there's easy parking and like no traffic <laughs> and life's a lot slower and it's great. So I really didn't have anything to lose. I didn't, I don't have any family in the U.S. I came here by myself, so mm -hmm. I didn't have anything. At 22, you came here by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. It's like another adventure, you know. And if I don't like it, then I don't like it, and I don't have to stay there. Uh, so that was two and a half years ago. And here we are. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, again, it shows exactly kind of where you uh, wind up. Gio's pointing at Nyasha, so I think Nyasha, yeah. he's... Uh, 
Tossing you the rolls yeah, first. He's going, yes. He said, ladies first, let's go for it. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. He's so. going to try and one-up y'all's con- you know, stories. That's, where he, that's, what he, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, what he's is. doing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's oh, listening. He's taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is Nyasha Makaita Boni. I was born in Zimbabwe, and I moved to the States when I was seven years old, so about 16 years ago. Actually, I, you I was, did not have to date us like that. Yeah. You really, Listen, no. I literally went on my I literally went on my calculator and was like, "Wait, how long is that?" I didn't. <laughs> I didn't so it was 16 years ago. I graduated college before she moved to this country. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That's the most polite way of being yeah. like, "You're, You're old." old. <laughs> Anywho, I love Northwest Arkansas. There's always something happening for me, and that's why I wanted to stay, was because I knew that I would never get bored. It's a very dangerous combination to have, you know, black apple cider right there next to where I live, and then a taqueria across the street. Mm -hmm. I literally, I literally (laughs) sometimes will get home, walk to Black Apple, grab my food from the taqueria, and then walk back. Sipping on my cider, it's a it's a dangerous combination. <laughs> so, so. W- was there something specific that brought your parents to Joplin? Is there like a large uh, Zimbabwean community, or just no? Okay, no, it was actually I think it was for school. Okay. My dad had gotten a scholarship, and it just happened to be in Joplin, so oh. he was just like, "Oh, this is the place." Cool. And so, yeah, and I mean, even as a kid, sometimes we would come up to. Um, it's like Beaver Lake. Like mm. I, I was introduced to Northwest Arkansas very early on. I just didn't realize like this is where I would end up. But it's right. cool that, you know, I went to the lake as a kid, and then now here I am living here and working here. So that's pretty awesome. So yeah, you had that. You know, came with the parents' experience of I have no idea where this place is, but yeah, it's pretty chill. I can hang here. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dad, you're gonna drag me here. I guess at least there's stuff for me to do. Right. <laughs> right. Like. So what was your reaction like being so young when your parents told you we're moving to America? So my dad had already gone to school here. So he came and got my sister and I and came back to Joplin. So for me, it was just like, I mean, I had never been on a plane. I mm-hmm. had never, I just didn't understand certain things. Like in Zimbabwe, we grew up pretty, very poor. And so when I came to the States, like I didn't understand a swimming pool. I'm like, why are y'all playing in the water i was like that's for you to drink why are y'all playing in it i was like i'm not drinking that water y'all gonna have to well, do something about good that. call but. yeah good call exactly so for me to be honest it was kind of a culture shock and so i had to learn how to acclimate and how to assimilate but um the esl classes that i took i had a teacher uh, mr greg he really really helped me learn english but he also helped me learn just the culture of being in america and he was a really integral part of my childhood because I had him from like second grade, third grade, and fourth grade. He was still in my school. Mm. And so I remember him vividly and he would throw parties for us and for all the kids that were taking ESL. And so that experience to me was so positive and it was really, really cool. And I'll forever be grateful for what he did to help me get to, to I guess, to be able to speak to y'all. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sure. and, and know enough that you can now go, you know, speak English well enough and be able to write it well and social media oh, yeah. postings and things like that. Exactly. I mean, you know, to have your job with English being your second language is, is absolutely amazing. I think this is also a testament, though, too, of your generation, the ability to acclimate that language around social media. Yeah. How much social media probably helped you to acclimate to all the things that were happening around you and be able to, you know, interact with them. I mean, you are that generation that came up with it, right? I mean, you probably don't really recall a time before Facebook, because I'm pretty sure Facebook was like 2005. Yeah. 
I actually didn't get my first Facebook until I was 17. Well, I, I yeah, we're not going to talk good about thing. it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't either, but 17 okay. came earlier for yes. us. Yes. 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 I, I was 22. <laughs> I yeah. So, yeah, I did. MySpace. You know, we had, I had MySpace. MySpace. I definitely had MySpace. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you kind of were were molded around that kind of, oh, yeah. uh, those kinds of, the short form conversational pieces short, that you had yes. on, on social media. Not just Facebook, but like Instagram, Twitter, just all the things. Now, with TikTok taken off, I mean, you kind of had the full, full social media experience coming up during those teenage formative years to oh, kind of yeah. help, well, help hinder, probably... <laughs> There's it's probably something. some studies going on right now that will determine exactly what happened there, but that's great. I think the, that's going to show us a good dichotomy here as we segue into Geo. And Geo, uh, you were not, you know, immigrating here for second grade in 2007. You were doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your experience. So, I mean, my experience goes way back, right? Uh, so, in, in 92, I had the opportunity. Uh, with the support of my family, of course, to come and learn English. Um, and where were you from originally? Originally, I was born and raised in Ecuador. Okay. Uh, the beautiful Andes Mountains, that was my playground. We're neighbors. And yeah. yeah. So I, like, I always tell people that um, I'm always under Mariana. She tells me what to do. So <laughs> I also lived under Mariana, under, <laughs> under Colombia. So, so anyway, so came and stayed for one school year. And that was tough. You know, was that not, not high school, college? High school. High school, okay. Uh, high school. A little school in Potterville, Michigan. That's where I graduated uh, and Ooh, learned going English. From Ecuador, Ecuador to Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> you can imagine. That winter must have been how rough. miserable I was. <laughs> <laughs> I had so, a hard time with the winters in California. I can yeah. believe it. So imagine that. Yeah. No, never. So in Colombia and Ecuador, we, <laughs> yeah. don't, we don't have heat and, 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 and cooling houses. I mean, we just open the windows yeah. and open the doors. And that's You've it. got rainy season and dry season. That's you don't it. really have. Um, <laughs> so imagine. Uh, coming to the be there cold weather of Michigan. Um, so yeah, that's another story. But so after that, I went back. I, I started uh, my my college education. I went into business, and that was a five year program. In the middle of that, I met my uh, the love of my life, and, and that's how I came ultimately to to the U.S. Now we didn't have so that was a long long distance relationship, right? Uh, I still had a uh, little two, over two years of college and, and before we decided to do anything, I mean, I first wanted to graduate, so. And you met her when she was on vacation, She correct? was on vacation yeah. in Ecuador, uh, enjoying, you know, the country and we met through mutual friends and and that's that was that was it um and now you have a, a daughter heading to usc to usc oh my god it's unbelievable how time flies and right so, now we're gonna have to have to break for crying for real. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time my wife was living in new york so after i uh, graduated from from college uh finally came on a fiance visa and moved to new york uh so imagine like me new living york, in new york? A, new york new york in okay. the city uh in the upper east side and and coming from a, a country in a small town of uh, less than, than 400,000 people to New York. What, a okay, whoa, whoa, small whoa, town whoa. of 400,000 people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you, is that hyperbole? That's a small town for us. That's a small town for my us. My hometown yeah. has 600,000. And I told my boyfriend before I came to visit, I'm like, I live in a small town. And he came over and he was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, this is well, not a small the town. The thing is that we, you know, families have been there yeah, for generations. Yeah, we're just so close so to 
each other. Yeah, no, we, know, and we know it feels community. Small. We know yeah. it, mostly everybody knows each other. Yes. Um, now, I went from an actual small town of 2,000 people right, to a Manila that's which a is 26 million. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm we're going to need to work on y'all's classification. <laughs> I like how we both caught it at the same time. Like, 400,000 is not small. I'm sorry. They, in no world does the You need to experience this and feel how small it actually feels. Well, no, but that's, you, I, that's, I get it. That shows just how uh, different perspectives from perspective, living in different parts yeah. of the world. Yeah. And if we're talking yeah. geography, maybe that's it. But yeah, that I'm like you, man. I grew up. You know, we were a fast-growing city in Oklahoma where I was from, and I graduated after growing fast where it was like 30,000. Right. So, yeah. So uh, the thing is that this is the third largest city in, in Ecuador. But then I moved to New York City, and that is another game plan. I mean, I didn't get used to the constant noise of the city mm -hmm. and the alarms going on, and if it wasn't the fire trucks and the, and the police or... Or EMS. I mean, there was always noise, and uh, I couldn't get used to it. So after a year living there, we went to visit my brother-in-law in Austin, Texas, and and after that trip, I told my wife, "Why don't I mean, I got a little bit of a calm feel when I visited uh, yeah. Austin." And I said, "I mean, that's much better than than New York." It's a very small town in Texas. Very small. Town. Yeah. <laughs> and then sleepy little community. And then, and then we moved to to Austin, Texas. Um, and that's where I basically started my, my banking career and um, lived there for uh, a little over eight years. My first daughter was born there, and then we moved to Arkansas. My wife came one day, and she said, you know what? We've been talking in the office, and uh, Walmart needs a person with my experience to audit the books, and what do you think about going there? I'm like, where's Walmart? You know, I thought, oh, my God, we're going back to New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Largest so, company in the world. Yeah. So she's like, no, they're in Arkansas. Arkansas, where? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, let's go on a trip and I'll show you around. And uh, so I, I came, just the two of us first and, and like everybody, you know, that immigrated here. We, About what year was that, do you think? Uh, that was back in uh, 2008. Okay. Um, so then we uh, we landed in XNA and start driving towards the city, and I'm like, "Where's the city?" <laughs> so we get to a place where it says Bentonville, and I'm like, "Okay, but where's the big city?" Yeah. Um, so that was it. That was the city, and um, and the rest is history. You know, uh, I think this is a great community because it has allowed us to uh, really excel. Uh, in all of our pursuits and our careers took off uh, right away, provided us with great opportunities. And also the other side stories, as my wife gets pregnant with our second child and we're thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? And she's thinking, oh my God, I need to go back to Texas. I'm like, no, well, let's go find the, the professionals that will take care of these and, and no problem. And we did, you know, so that, that is a testament that, you know, we have world-class world healthcare here. Uh, we felt very comfortable after the first visit, and she never even thought about it twice. Um, and my second daughter was born here. So uh, that's how committed we are to this community. We also had an opportunity, like like Steve, to to reverse the roles. You yeah. know, we, we went and lived in <laughs> in Mexico for a few years and in Santiago, Chile. And, and that gave me a, a different perspective as well, being now uh, on the other side um, of going to another country. It really helps you understand how how lucky we are here in Northwest Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, when my wife and I we decided to uh, to finish with her international assignments, we were thinking, well, 
you know, we can go anywhere now in the world and leave whatever we want. So, mm-hmm. but but we both looked at each other and we're like, let's go back home. Yeah. And 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 NWA is is our home. And and we came back and we're happy and we're not moving. I can say, you know, I feel like you were born for the role that that you do here at the chamber. I mean, this is our third stint working together. We yeah. we worked at Arvest together right. uh, in the New Hope branch back when you were a manager there in uh, what 2009 2010. Right. Uh, then I came over to the chamber, and about six eight months later, you you I you called came, you. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. You called me. He's like, hey, I heard you're looking for a minority business developer, and I was like, yeah. And so Raymond was like, who's this Giovanni guy? I'm like, he's gonna crush it, man. Like he's gonna do so well in this role. Yeah. And you did that for a few years. Then you, your your wife got the opportunity opportunity to to go on assignment with Walmart yep. and uh you were gone for about five years and we could not find anybody to fill that role we tried for five years to replace the role and replace the work that you were doing and when we heard you were coming back I, there was just a collective sigh of relief yeah. around this place and, like and I called you again. we're getting back on <laughs> Steve start fundraising yeah, let's make it happen <laughs> I was gonna say although this time you came back and you're like so uh couldn't fill my role in five years huh yeah. wow um, maybe, maybe oh, a couple I'm, more commas on that paycheck <laughs> i think uh i think you know it's just that like steve said i'm passionate about you know the work that we're doing i truly believe that uh we need to leave this place a better place uh than than the way we found it right um so that's why i do what i do and and i try to help the community as much as we can and advance all of our equality issues and making sure that everyone has the same opportunities what stands out to you all when you are doing your jobs so like Gio and Mariana, you guys, uh, your roles specifically deal with belonging and inclusivity. What stands out to you as you're engaging with minority business owners or as you're engaging with some of the uh, underrepresented groups around town? Does anything stand out as far as like being the link between those groups and and what we're doing? Yeah, I think I can start. Um, So basically for me, it's important to understand where they're coming from. Um, And that's where, you know, our experiences start getting into the the playing field because I experience everything that they're going through. I understand how it feels not speaking perfectly English and the access to capital is a big issue. Uh, people don't know what credit is on how to build credit, but they're full of ideas. I mean, people that come here is because they want a better life for themselves and their families. So they are entrepreneurial. They, they have, I mean, amazing uh, insights and some of them even have business experience back home, uh, but they just don't know the way that we do it here in America, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's where our, our expertise comes in, and we bridge that gap. And, and we're like, don't worry too much. You know, it's not that difficult. Uh, we're gonna help you get there. Well, and you've got, I know, years of it, because when I joined, you know, you introduced me to, like, every Spanish-speaking business owner, I think, in northwest Arkansas. <laughs> the first couple of couple of years I worked here. And and now we've kind of launched into, like, lead programming and, and dealing with the younger generation. And I know, Mariana, that's where you really kind of have excelled is bridging that gap. We were talking about how a fifth of our workforce is going to be from, like, Spanish-speaking homes here in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that you're dealing with a lot, as well as kind of being a voice for that younger generation. What what do you see as far as how they are looking at kind of coming up in this system and, and culturally, like, things that stand out between kind of what they're looking at and everything at large? Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of potential and a lot of creativity that we can foster in this community if we make sure we welcome everybody. It's also recognizing the role their parents have had in the success we have today here in Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas. And that we also recognize that it's not easy and there are systemic barriers for us. 
as immigrants. But mainly that connection of having someone that's familiar with your story and your culture and communication is very, very important. And being able to communicate and have that and like relate and being able to open paths for people, that's what we see yeah. all the time. They, they really want to make a change. They really want to be good citizens. And we, we all want to be good citizens. And we all want to partake and you, contribute. I, I love how you touched on, especially in, in, in dealing with like the lead kids, the important role that like their parents are playing on this. Because a lot yes. of them, again, if they're coming from primarily Spanish-speaking home, you can assume that their parents or maybe grandparents were, were the ones who came here and kind of uh, launched that, that uh, adventure here in the States. What for these students stands out to them? I mean, are they looking at themselves as like the link that is going to bind everybody together? Are they are they coming at it with these grand ideas to try and, you know, be the first in their family that does X, Y, Z? Or is it just a matter of, I don't know, breaking down doors and and taking the world by storm? What's the we really encourage following your heart and your gut and try to not do what your par parents expect from you because <laughs> that's very common, especially if you are a first generation immigrant, your parents have a lot of expectations on you. And it's really hard when you want to do something that's the opposite of the, what they expect. I can understand mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So it is you, also... you mean like going into broadcasting instead of being an engineer? Exactly. My mom still reminds me of every chance she gets. <laughs> oh my so goodness. we uh, we see a lot um, Basically, a lot of people that are, um, for a lack of a better word, is um, not lost a little bit, right? Because they they come with their own culture, right? Their families um, being wherever they come from, right? Culture, uh, religion, and family values is what keeps them all together. But uh, at the end, they need to understand that once they start school, you know, it's a completely different world. That's when they really immerse into the American culture. And that's what creates a little bit of a conflict, an internal conflict, because... Now uh, I don't have to speak Spanish anymore, although my parents have been pushing me and pushing me to speak the language of my native country. And now I have my independence and they don't know how to sometimes deal with that and how to present that to their parents. And, and, and sometimes that creates some um, hesitation of you know saying, you know what, I'm adopting this new culture and it's my life and I'm gonna do what I think is necessary for me to, to excel in this country, right? So. So we have seen it, even myself, you know, my kids uh, only speaking in Spanish to me, even though I'm sorry, in English now and, <laughs> and not wanting to go back to Spanish. So we all go through that. And plus the expectations, like Mariana mentioned, of, of the parents uh, trying to make them understand that I'm working X, XYZ company. You can come and work there and you can have a great life. Right. But but those kids have greater expectations. They want to mm -hmm. do something completely different, go to college. Uh, or find just a different way of life. Um, so that's where we come in with that program and we help them really understand who they are and, and find their own ways and, and how to deal with, you know, that controversy that's happening inside their heads that am I allowed, I'm not allowed, uh, should I embrace it, should I not embrace it, should I be who I am or should I be who my parents want me to be? So that's that's very complex. Do, do you see that in, in the programs that you guys work in specifically because, you know, with Rogers, we do have a long, you know, immigration history here. We're, we're you know, third, fourth generation now in the schools versus someone that might be a first generation, uh, maybe immigrated here as a child, uh, but is in the school system now. Do you see any, like, division between 
between like the native born with the, with the Hispanic background or Latino background versus those that are more recently immigrated? Is there any strife or division or they all kind of have a shared experience? Well, they're shared, but also very, very different. Mm -hmm. When you move to another country is I don't even know how to explain it. It's just everything's different. Right. And your brain has to work differently because you're translating in your head all the time. And like, it's really, really hard versus if you were born in here and that's all you've seen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure, there's a difference. There's it's still very they're still very unionized like mm -hmm. they're like cultural very, very yeah. the, the culture is kind of the same culture it's just a little bit together, different yeah. yeah even when someone is like fourth generation and with me mm -hmm. like let's say we still get along great so like first generation to fourth generation the culture kind of binds you all together and, and yeah. gives you all a, a kind of a shared experiential relation point that you guys can jump off of i want to kind of segue into that and yasha you've been very patient to to kind of jump in here Let, letting and, geo steal the show uh, yeah. but i geo actually kind of brought in a few points that i think you probably can at least expand upon which is those younger immigrants that have come here now want to do those things where it's like well my parents probably especially feel as though they have laid out the red carpet for me to go do whatever the heck i want to do and yeah. although there are sure expectations that they want me to accomplish i want to do my own thing right as that, you know, first gen young person with all the things out there in front of you to do, what does that feel like? How, how did So for me, when I was graduating high school, I learned about theater and I really liked it. And so I told my father, I was like, I'm going to major in theater when I go to college. Pretty sure he didn't talk to me for a full day. Mm -hmm. He was like, what? Because <laughs> the plan was always doctor, lawyer, you know, one of those professions. Right. And so I did theater and I still love theater. But then eventually I settled on criminology. And even then he was, I think in the back of his mind, he was thinking, oh, she's going to become a lawyer. She's that's going a, that's back a back to, door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, but then my senior year of, not my senior, I think my sophomore, junior year of college, I got introduced to social media and marketing. And really what brought that on was COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I was stuck inside all of the time. And so I was like, you know, what can I do to fill my time? And so I just started not only writing, but also taking pictures of, like, my food that I was eating, which, you know, the, the camera eats first. I, I said it. <laughs> but all in all to say, it is a hard thing to navigate when you when you want to be creative or you want to take, you know, what somebody would consider not a skill. Like, theater isn't a skill. Or taking photos, you know, isn't that's not what they had envisioned for me. And so it's this idea where I had to kind of look at myself and be like, I have this dream for myself and I don't want it to go away. And I want to help fulfill that. And I took every opportunity that I needed to take in order to help fulfill that goal. At the same time, though, I still respected, you know, what my father had done and, you know, that I, you know, had made it to America. And there's not a lot of people um, back home who've had that opportunity. And so I was like, you know what? I kind of took my father's own words. I was like, I'm not taking this opportunity for granted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if this means that I have to go to a theater camp, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to a theater camp. If this means I'm working <laughs> three jobs as a senior in college, I'm working three jobs as a senior in college. Because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I don't take this opportunity for granted and I can and I'll do anything to achieve those goals. And that has kind of what has kind of helped me to stay consistent, but helped me to um, pursue my goals and. I'm so glad I ended up here. I mean, it took it took a little navigation, but I'm at the job. This is what I wanted to do. 
marketing communications. That's great. And, and, and Gio, Gio and, and Mariana, you know, talked about the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you have very strong, strong Latino culture, regardless of what country you're from, you know, being, being from Latin America. What about yourself? What are you doing to kind of keep the Zimbabwean, am I saying that, Zimbabwean? Is that correct? Yeah. Hey, yeah, Zimbabwe. look at that. <laughs> White guy got something right. Um, if you... Uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, what, what do you do to like kind of, you know, embrace your heritage, but still live the American experience? That's so funny you should say that because for a little... Well, I felt like I was out of touch with it. So I recently got a library card mm-hmm. and I've started to do some reading just on my country. I mean, when I assimilated into uh, American culture, like I, my father stopped speaking Shona, which is the first language I ever learned. He stopped speaking Shona to me to the point that I lost it. Mm. I'm sure it's in my brain somewhere. I just got to go digging for it. But <laughs> I now just like... I just speak English. And so that has been... think in English. I think in English. That's I dream crazy. Everything. So now that's one of my goals is to get in touch with my culture. And another way that I do that is through music. I listen to a lot of Zimbabwean music, but also the food as well. Um, so sometimes if I'm just feeling... Sometimes if I'm just feeling a little bit off... Um, I'll make Zimbabwean food. Like, what, uh, what is that like signature dish? So one dish that I really, really loved is that it's called sudza. And so you take cornmeal and you mix that with water and you basically get it boiling and you kind of make this kind of like a thick porridge almost. But mm-hmm. you can take that and you can kind of put it into a ball and then you eat it with like meat and kale and tomatoes and garlic and onions and it's kind of like a stew almost so when i'm feeling just a little bit i wouldn't say homesick but i guess so in terms like that's what i make is i'll I'll gravitate i won't even think about it but all of a sudden i'm listening to a zimbabwean song and shona and i'm like oh my goodness and that's how i just kind of know you know it's kind of just time to go back to my roots and so sometimes i'll even do that with my hair I'll switch my hair, my hairstyle, because it's a way that I can translate. And even in Northwest Arkansas, places like Zanzibar Kitchen, that it may not necessarily be Zimbabwean, but you know, it's still, it's still African, African food and African culture that it's still somewhat similar enough to where I'm like, oh, this is home when I taste this. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. This is this. It's just, it's just like, it's like comfort food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's those are, the, and I'm glad that there's places like that. Um, there's even some stores, some um, African, there's a woman that sells African accessories. And so even that, if, even if just buying myself a couple, a pair of earrings that I know, you know, were made in Kenya, it's not Zimbabwe, but it's still close enough. And there's honestly a lot of those places here in Northwest Arkansas that most people may not know about, but I love to go to those places. And then I think it also interesting too. You know, we talked about you. You're now working in our Marcom department. Yes. And I've been telling everybody that essentially you are the tip of the spear when it comes to our social media groups. You're the first person out there who you kind of plan out some of our content that goes out to folks, but you're also the first person to get to interact with folks who comment. And what does your experience kind of coming up in our culture give you as that role for the chamber? I mean, you you uh, mentioned when. You were hired, how you really loved our, you know, core values and some of the stuff right. that was out there. And now you get to help represent that to the community at large. And you do. You have this very uh, rich background that guys like Steve and I can't comprehend. Uh, there's no way for us to really kind of grasp some of those concepts. Yeah. So for me, when I came to the States, I had to learn how to acclimate. And that meant for me that I had to... I had to learn how to read people because I couldn't necessarily speak with them because I couldn't speak English yet. So it was just learning about how people 
would just like react to different things and so for that that's kind of helped me into i'm a people-oriented person i like i have to see people like quarantine was very very hard for me i was like i need people (laughs) where are the people and so um how that's translated into my job is that for me when i do social media and marketing for the chamber i feel like i'm getting to kind of share like stories. It's like a series that never ends. And mm-hmm. I'm getting to share snippets of the community and stories from within the community that are super, super cool. And even and even then, like sometimes I look at stories and I'm like, whoa, this so Arvest Bank that they just did their million meals campaign to help um offset food insecurity in Northwest Arkansas and the four state region. And I was like, wait, I was a kid in the four state region. And to see it just I don't know, it just felt like full circle to me. Mm. I was like, I struggle with food insecurity. And I love that we have partners within the chamber that are doing things that um, make people's lives better. And I was like, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, I remember getting, you know, prizes or different stuff. And it was sponsored by chambers or banks and different things but it was the community giving back Mm -hmm. and so it's just really cool to be a part of something that makes it a priority to give back i mean we talk about in our mission we're building communities and so i'm just i'm just i feel like i'm just part of a i'm part of a lego in that that building block i'm just i'm just there to build i'm just there to help build and sometimes i'm that person that's just like hey we need this piece like mm-hmm. we need this piece. And sometimes, you know, being in social media and marketing, I spend a lot of time on social media. So I'm seeing stuff or people or ideas or whatever. And I'm like, OK, how can this benefit what the chamber means and the chamber's mission? And so um, that's what I really loved about it. And it's I mean, it's a new way of thinking for me almost in just the chamber world. But I love it because it's challenging. And to me, I would rather be somewhere where I'm challenged every day than somewhere where I'm stagnant. Yeah. Because I'm like, then what's the point? Like, you're not growing. It's and just working kind of... for Nick is the most challenging thing <laughs> yeah. you can do. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yes. I love that you say that because I've like on my retrospection moments, I'm like, the chamber is my tool. That's how I yeah. see it sometimes. Yeah. It's like the chamber is my tool to do what I love to do at what I want to do for the community. Yes. It's yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. You know, I really I want to bring it back to using the chamber and, and having this platform to where we get to kind of help bridge some of those gaps in folks information and understanding and, and knowing how things work. I think it's very poignant, Mariana, that you've got this platform when you do after having, like you said, you came here for school, you've kind of done all the paperwork, done all the visa things and all that stuff that you're supposed to do. And then unfortunately, it's looking like we're probably going to to send you back to Columbia, at least for a period of time here towards the end of the year, because your visa didn't get yeah. Yes. Yep. Why I think that's important. I just wanted to point out the chamber loves having you. We we brought up Geo and, and the fact that like we couldn't fill your spot for five years when you were gone. It just shows how good you are at this position. But I also love the fact that you're going to be able to take everything that you're you're using right now and the platform that we've got and can continue to kind of advocate on behalf of the communities and things like that clear up until the time when you're not necessarily still active with the chamber. But yeah, I also just want to say thanks for for kind of educating me a lot on everything that goes on with this. I didn't know what the whole situation was there. So it's been interesting for me. uh, What's that, uh, without diving obviously too deep into the, uh, you know, political forms of it and everything. I mean, what's that kind of like for you from your perspective? Well, it's disappointing to have to do something because of an external force that's making you do it and not just because you choose to do it. Everybody's story is different. 
and especially in immigration. Uh, I chose the right path, quote unquote. Like I came here on a visa and I've been legal ever since. since ever yeah. since. Mm -hmm. Like I've never... Never let it lapse. Exactly. Never, yeah, didn't overstay. Yeah. And it's just upsetting that even though I've done that, it doesn't matter because I still, if I want to stay, I still have to. The way the system is set up right now is kind of like a lottery. And unfortunately, yeah. you just didn't win the lotto this time. And yeah. and, and that basically creates a situation where she has to, you know, break break the cycle, right? Uh, now she has step step on the brakes and go do something that she was not prepared or ready to do and go back and, and start again, you know? Uh, but that's uh, a story that we're familiar with a lot of immigrants, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people cannot um, enjoy the true American dream because of our immigration system. I feel extremely privileged that I have a family in Colombia that is in a good situation that's welcoming me and I can go there anytime I want to. But that's not the case for everybody. Right. Like this is home for most people that are mm -hmm. here. So I just can't even imagine how I will be feeling if I didn't have that support system in Colombia right now. For me, it was the fact that you came here 22. You were a, a college student. Of your own volition, you know what I mean? Like, and again, did like, not only did you do everything the way that we wanted to, but like, you did it at 22 years old. Right. I'm thinking of me at 22 years old, and I barely knew how to do my taxes, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> so I was I, waiting tables. <laughs> yeah, like, that to me is just remarkable, the, the journey that you've got there. And that, that I guess, is, is what I love about really this whole subject and the stories that you all have brought to the table just really. For the dude from a uh, American small town of you know thirty thousand in Oklahoma to hear all that is is it really is eye opening. I don't I don't think many folks we to to kind of take from what Niasha was saying. A lot of us kind of take for granted where we're at yeah. and the the system that we have, as well as what uh, immigrants and folks from other countries bring to the table. And when we're talking about a full uh, again a fifth to a quarter. Uh, in Arkansas, it's even more than that. In Rogers, it's 36% mm -hmm. of our population. Texas is now officially a minority-majority yeah, state. that you're helping to bridge that gap. So, again, it just shows that there are very important uh, pieces to the puzzle that folks bring to this table. Yeah. And for all three of you, Mariana, Gio, Niasha, I can't thank you enough for... Uh, choosing to live here in Northwest Arkansas, but then also for choosing to be Steve and I's co-workers here at the Chamber. You have definitely impacted me beyond anything you probably even recognize. And that goes beyond just, you know, teaching me Spanish words and, and uh, some of the best foods to eat from Zimbabwe. Introducing us to pupusas, Gio. <laughs> yes, exactly. So just, yeah, I want to say thank you for that. So I just wanted to add just one final comment that um, when I heard Mariana and Yasha talk a little bit about themselves and, and, and how we immigrated here, it made me think that uh, something that they said is, is so true, right? When you go to a different country and you're trying to assimilate the culture, everyone is a stranger. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone is unfamiliar. Yeah. Uh, and, and if anything else, if the listeners that are, 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 you know, plugged into this podcast can can understand that. And to see from that perspective, it's not easy. Right. Um, right. And then the language barriers and all the other stuff. Um, that's what makes it very challenging. So people that they, that they are here working and, and having a great time and, and they want to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. They want to yeah. meet their neighbors. They want to 
you know, be be right there when they need help and, and, and support and everything else. But there are barriers and people need to understand that, that, you know, trust will happen. Uh, it just takes time. And don't be surprised if your neighbor shows up with a, a plate of tacos or, or, or <laughs> delicious flan from Mexico and say, hey, neighbor, now I'm ready to talk. The other side of that is that, you know, our culture is strong, right? Like Nasha was describing, right? Mm -hmm. it, she's very curious about uh, reconnecting with that part of herself. And that goes on for all of us, and that never goes away. You know, the nostalgia for uh, the the things that you're familiar with, the cultural pursuits that you you're wanting to to come to life, right? So, so we have a solution for that, and we have the <laughs> Northwest Arkansas Community It's not a Showcase. solution, but it's a little <laughs> bit of a sprinkle. There, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, in all seriousness, that's that's why we have that's that. That's a big commitment right there. <laughs> like a, we have the, the, the Community Showcase that's for that reason, right? We want people to come and celebrate their cultures and to start rethinking and reliving their experiences with music, with fun activities for the kiddos, uh, you know, the live performances. So it's going to be a great event. Uh, so please join us Saturday, September 16th in downtown Rogers. It's an event that you will not want to miss. It's going to be packed with lots and lots of great cultural events. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check out our website. We've got a slider up on the homepage, rogerslobal.com. You can learn Mission more about Minute it. This week's going to be about it. That's English right. And Spanish versions. Uh, you yep. can you call our office and talk to Gio or Mariana about it. Or... Check out our social media. If you uh, send us a message via social media, Niasha is most likely going to be the one that's responding to you and all that. So I will, I will. That's right. Make sure that you're there. That brings us to a, a good stopping point, I think. I want to thank all three of our uh, panelists today again. It was uh, Giovanni Sarmiento, Mariana Osorio, and Niasha Boni. Thank you, all three of you, for being on our panel. Steve, I'll toss it back to you here in just a second. Again, I want to encourage everyone who's listening to like, subscribe, and share via SoundCloud spotify apple google youtube amazon all the social medias our next episode will be coming out uh, on july 12th we're actually about to sit down and figure out exactly what all of the subject matter will be before uh, we take a quick break for the independence day holiday but again just want to thank you all for listening and steve i'll let you do your annual or your usual plug An yeah not annual oh no I know, we're, sorry, we're, we're, we'll take an annual sponsorship but hey <laughs> you know we we still need some so we'll, we'll take them if you want to if you're interested i'm going to keep saying we, we we'll, we'll take your money we'll find a way to do it but um <laughs> no i think my kind of one big takeaway from today and it's kind of been an overarching theme in, in the refresh of the podcast is it's all about individuals. You know, you hear conversations, you turn on the news, you hear things talking about immigration or, or immigrants, and it's, you know, good or bad, whatever that conversation is, it's, you know, you guys being here puts a face to that story. And everyone each has their own individual story, their own individual experience. Everyone is an individual. And so to talk about something in the abstract is easy, but to have a face and a name to it and to be able to hear your stories of what it's like. I mean, that just, you know, that, again, that's kind of the overarching theme of treat people with respect. If you're, sir, if you're doing that, then we're helping fulfill our mission of serving business and community together because our, the community is made up of individuals. So that, that's kind of the big, the big takeaway. So thank you guys for sharing your story. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. Love working with 
with all of y'all. Nyasha, you're you're the new newbie, but uh, you definitely you, you brighten up the the office every day with your smile and boisterous you. laugh. And we're going to have <laughs> yes. to add her to the same team as Maggie and I of the laugh that pings on our. That is true. Yes. On our deal yeah. here, it's a very exclusive club, Nyasha. Don't oh, worry. You're one of three. One of three. <laughs> okay, exclusive. <laughs> all right. Well, again, thank you guys for being here. We truly appreciate it, Nick. Another great episode as always. So we will uh, see you all next time, That's or you right. can hear us next time if you want to be actually correct. Yeah, yeah, he- yeah. Hear us next time on the uh, Chamber <laughs> Voice of Business podcast. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.